Certainly, certainly we should uh, desire that God would see that we have surrendered our lives to him unconditionally. A lot of times we do so, we do it conditionally, and one of the conditions is that we can take it back anytime we want to, <laughs> and sometimes we do. It's a powerful song. Thank you kindly for singing that. And I wanted to uh, make mention of the uh, announcement that we made about uh, uh, Danny Minoza, but I, I know him as Danny. I've known him for 30-some-odd years, close to 40 years. Um, is that he is going to be uh, with us, uh, and uh, I hope that you'll make a concerted effort to come and to be with us. Bring you everybody, okay? Don't let anybody stay home. Get a broom, and you tell them that Mendoza is going to be here, and uh, you just start whopping them upside the head till they get out of bed, get dressed, and get here, okay? And you, if you, they ask you why you're doing that, tell them your pastor told you. To, uh, to do that, and so I hope, don't make a fool out of me, okay, <laughs> I, I haven't, I can do that by myself, uh, I don't need any help, okay, so I want us to have a good crowd, we will receive a, uh, an offering for state missions that day, okay, so you might write that down on your bulletin, and uh, be uh, cognizant of the fact that that's going to happen, and so be mindful of that. Super Bowl party today, that's at 4.30. Is there any announcements you had concerning? Yeah. You got it covered. Okay, so be be mindful of, uh, of that. And so I do want to encourage you to uh, join us if you are homebound. It doesn't mean that you can't go anywhere. It just means that you're home for that day. And so tune us in on my Facebook, so my Facebook, and... Um, you can uh, enjoy about 15 minutes of uh, have, usually have a song, have one of uh, either Sean Druid or the Mattinglys or Lou Cotton, one of them that sings, and uh, then I'll do a short devotional. So that's all the advertisements that I have for now. We're going to look in the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and we're going to talk about how do I love Jesus? We sing, oh, how I love Jesus, but how do you love Jesus? And we'll feast on that for just a little bit. And the Apostle Paul wrote his second book to the Corinthians. He says, and I think this is the most important motivation verse in the New Testament. When we ask, why do I do what I do for Jesus? And I think he puts it real plain here. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. That means it doesn't mean that it pushes us away, but it draws us together, draws us to him. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, talking about Jesus dying on the cross, then we're all dead, and he that died for all that they which live, that's us, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. In common Texas language, we would say we live for him who died for us. How can you not live for someone that was willing to die for you in the manner that Jesus died? 
And so we know that Jesus demonstrated his love to us at Calvary. Because there at the cross, he did many things as he satisfied divine judgment by shedding his blood, his royal blood. Not only that, but he bore our sin. He bore your sin, my sin. He had no sin of his own. And then he tasted judgment as the wrath of Almighty God the Father was placed upon him. He died as a sinner, receiving judgment, even though he had no sin. He was like a sheep that was led to the slaughter. So open he not his mouth, Isaiah prophesied. He could have called 12 legions of angels from the very battlements of heaven to come and to rescue him shove his army, the army of Pilate, off into the very bowels of hell. But his lips were closed like that sheep led to the slaughter. So open not his mouth. And so today we, we know that is a demonstration of love. A lot of people might say, I love you. But do they demonstrate that love? Do they go beyond just talking and saying, but to show their love, to demonstrate their love. And Jesus did that, in that on that day at the cross. The single most important thing that Jesus wants from us, what is it? Love. He wants us to love. Whatever else that we do for him, Whatever else that we give to him, whatever we do for his church or for his kingdom work or for missionaries or whatever we do, we do it because we are head over heels in love with Jesus who loved us and still loves us. And so he wants our love. February, of course, is the month of love. I don't do a whole lot of stuff about Valentine's because I know that's a Catholic holiday and I ain't one, okay? So don't expect me to get Catholicized one day out of the year. I ain't going to do it, okay? And uh, not that I, don't, I have good, good Catholic friends. I love Catholics. A lot of times I invite people to church and they, and they say, well, I'm Catholic. And I say, hey, that's just who we want. We love to have Catholics come. Amen. It makes them the best Baptist I've ever known. And matter of fact, Danny Mendoza is one of those. And so, and so nevertheless, I, every time I think about the, we think about the love and courtship and all of that, and marriage and uh, love and marriage and uh, goes together like a, what is it, like a horse and a carriage. Yeah, okay. And uh, <clears throat> so if you don't know what a carriage is, ask your parents, okay. And uh, I often think of the story uh, that I heard about the old boy that uh, was going to go over and have supper with his girlfriend. And so he went to the drugstore, small drugstore like I, I went to when I was, a, I was a kid where the druggist did everything, you know, and we had one, his name was Davison's uh, Drugstore. Uh, and so uh, I, I can relate to that story. So he went in and he, he asked the druggist, he said, I'd like to have a one pound box of candy 
He said, I'd like to have a three-pound bo three box of candy and a five-pound box of candy. And the druggist said, well, that's a kind of a strange request. He said, why do you need all three of those and the different sizes? He said, well, I'm going over to see my girlfriend tonight, and then we're going to have dinner with his parents, with her parents. And after we get through eating, she said, we're going to go out and sit on the porch swing by ourselves. And I, he said, if she lets me hold her hand, I'm going to give her that one-pound box of candy. He said, if, if she lets me put my arm around her, I'm going to give her that three-pound box of candy. And he said, and if she lets me kiss her, she's going to get that five-pound box of candy. Very interesting, the druggist said. So he filled the order. He gift-wrapped them for him and everything. And, and that night he went over and uh, went to the house and sat down at the dinner table. And they were about ready to eat dinner. And the uh, father asked him, said, would you uh, ask the blessing on our dinner? And the young man, he bowed his head and he started to pray. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. He prayed and he prayed. Finally, he, is, he said, Amen. Beautiful prayer. His girlfriend whispered in his ear, said, I didn't think that you were so spiritual. He whispered back, said, I didn't know your daddy was a druggist. <laughs> so that's the only joke I have for Valentine's Day. So how can we love Jesus the way he wants us to love him? Well, I want to give you three points today. You know how preachers are. Someone said preachers are like a fat preacher climbing through a barbed wire fence. You know, you get a point here and a point there, and he finally gets through. Well, that's what we're going to give you today. And it's not all inclusive. There's things that you could add to it. And you can preach it to yourself. Hope that you will. Always tell people this. Don't judge a sermon until you've tried it. Now, if, you, if it don't work, then, you know, fix up your own sermon. Amen. Number one. Love Jesus personally. Love Jesus personally. That's the way that Jesus loves us. We see here in, uh, that his love for us draws him, draws us to him. For the love of Christ constraineth us. His love draws us. When we look at the great love that he demonstrated at the cross, he didn't have to go to the cross. He wanted to go to the cross. He willed to go to the cross. He did it voluntarily. Why did he do that? Because he loved you. He loved me in spite of our sins. And that while we were yet sinners, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, Christ died for us. And so today he draws us with his love and his love constrains us. John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. When we receive him, that's the key word there, when we receive him, he makes us part of his family. You know, very, have you ever offered to, to make someone a part of your family? I've known several people through the years that, have raised people that uh, were not their own. I think of people like uh, Bill Williams raised someone uh, that's not, wasn't his. I've known some other in our congregation even that raised people 
raise kids that are not their own. I would say that is an ultimate love, to love someone. Even to those who have adopted children that they are not the birth parents of that children. And, and we know that firsthand, don't we? What love that is to take somebody else's child and to raise it. And that's what Jesus does. He says, if you'll receive me, I'll let you be a part of my family. And when you die, you get to go to the Father's house with me. That where I am, there you may be also. What great love that is. Personally, Jesus is a personal Savior. He came and he died on the cross personally. He didn't send someone else. He came himself. When I called upon him to save my soul one day as a 19-year-old boy, he saved me himself. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send a preacher. He sent a gospel track. But he saved me himself. I cannot save you. Don't ever say that Danny Chapel saved you. Please don't say that. I can't save nobody. Don't ever say that baptism saved you because baptism cannot save you. Can't, do not ever say that the church saved you but because the church is not the Savior. But Jesus is the Savior and he is still in the business of saving people personally one-on-one. -on -one. You receive him one-on-one. -on -one. He don't need your help. All he needs is your permission. He can do the job and do it well. And it shouldn't be I love Jesus, but I love my Jesus. I love my Jesus because he first loved me. So we love him personally. Then we love him passionately. We love him passionately. Jesus desires and deserves a passionate love. A love that goes beyond. Here in verse 14, the last part of this verse, he says, Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then were all dead. You ever think about that? Would you do something for the dead? Would you give your life as Jesus gave his life for a bunch of dead people? Hmm. about the best we ever do is go put some flowers on a dead man's grave right hmm. but Jesus looked upon us realizing that we were dead in trespasses and sins as Paul called it in Ephesians 2 and he died for those people that were dead and we were dead and we were doomed we were hopeless we were helpless but yet he was willing to love us with that kind of a passionate love that moved him to the cross the cross my friend was a labor of passion the movie that came out what was it called the passion of the Christ and that's why Jesus died head over heels in love with a bunch of dead people dead and lost and doomed helpless and hopeless what great love is that that is a passionate love a passionate love that refused to call for help refused to call for those angels to come and to rescue him a passionate love that was willing to love them 
and that was a labor of passion. And our love, our love, should be or can be less than passionate. I hate to say this, but sometimes we, including myself, I point one finger at you, I got four pointing back at me, that we do things out of duty and not passion. Sometimes we serve because nobody else will serve. God help us. Someone said something not too long ago about us being volunteers, and he said, we're not volunteers. We're supposed to be disciples. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. As long as a lot of times I plead for volunteers, what I need is disciples, people that are willing to follow Jesus. And a lot of people fall out of love with Jesus. They're not passionately in love with him. I think about Demas that, that left the work of doing mission work with Paul because he had a love for this present world. I was thinking about John Mark, not Demas, but Demas loved the present world, didn't he? And so today we understand that the church at Revelation had lost their what? They book on in Ephesians, Ephesians church, what did they lose? Their first love. You see, when Jesus first saves us, well, we get excited and we get thrilled and we want to tell everybody about Jesus. We want to be every time that the church house light is there, is lit, we, all, we want to be there. But then as time goes on, we lose our passion. Lose our passion. Come. I've seen kids come through this church at one time, as teenagers, they had a passion to be involved and to do and to go and to share. But then as they grow up, they lose that passion. And the world calls and says, I love you. And, and they say, I love you too. And they lose that passion for God. And they begin to love the world. Not only just teenagers, but adults. So I've seen Elderly people, senior saints that once were on the firing line for God, but they fell out of love with God. Just like people do in marriage. I knew of a couple been married for 30 years. They had spent all their time, and I hope you'll read the little article I have on, on marriage. But they spent all their life raising their kids. And then their kids, kids grew up and their kids were gone and they looked they looked across the table and said, who are you? They invested all their time raising their kids, and they did not work on their own relationship. And they lost the passion of love for each other. Ended up getting the divorce. Envision a church filled with people who love Jesus passionately. They love Jesus with a passion. They're here when the lights are on. When we meet to worship, they are there. When it's time to serve, they're there. When it's time to do outreach, they're there. When it's time to give to a special cause, they're there. Because they have a passion for Jesus. Imagine what that would be like. 
We had 100 people, 100% of people. When we have a passionate love for Jesus, we'll be committed. We'll be committed to the Great Commission to love God, to love him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and all of our soul. And we won't have to say, that's what I have to do, but we'll say, that's what I get to do. That's what I want to do. Because I love God. I love Jesus. Not only that, but committed to fulfill not only the great commandment, but the great commitment. A commitment to serve others, to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Love is spelled. You know how to spell love? H-E-L-P. Look out and see a need and meet that need. Look out and see a hurt and heal that hurt. And do whatever we can do to reach out to our fellow man, whether he is our brother and in Christ, whether he is our neighbor, or yes, even our enemy. Sometimes your neighbor and your enemy are the same person, right? And to serve, to reach out the love of Christ and touch someone in need. And not only to fulfill follow that great commandment or fulfill the great commitment but to finish the great commission to share the gospel to preach the gospel to every creature starting with home starting with your friends have you ever told your friends about jesus someone said friends of jesus tell their friends about jesus And so sometimes we lose that passion. If we love Jesus, how are we to love him? We are to love him personally. We are to love him passionately. And then we are to love him permanently. I say that to say this. Never quit loving Jesus passionately. You say, I loved him when I was a teenager. But now I'm a senior saint. I don't love him as much as I used to. I'm not willing to sacrifice as much as I used to. I don't have the zeal that I used to. I tell this to people in marriage counseling. Every now and then, you need to fall in love again with your spouse. And you need to keep their love with the same energy that you won it. There's your Valentine sermon right there. You say, that hurts. Yeah, I know. Never quit loving Jesus because he never quits loving us. Never. Never quits loving us. John 13, 1 says, Jesus loved his disciples to the end. That word end means uttermost. The furthest point. As long as he lived on the earth he loved them and he still loves us he is never falling out of love with us he intercedes for us daily and hourly at the right hand of the father because he still loves us he still calls sinners to come to the cross because there at the cross he says I love you permanently don't fall out of love because he knows how much we love him. Aaron, you miss Wednesday nights. You really miss a, a great message. It's, it, 
Aaron does a good, really a good job. Now, don't let that go to your head, okay? But he does. He, he really does do a good job. And he, and he, and he preached, been preaching on Peter. <clears throat> and how the, the Lord at one occasion said to Peter, you know, do you love me? And they went through that whole discourse, and he said, Lord, thou knowest <laughs> that I love thee. Or really, in the Greek, he said, you know how I love you. I don't love you like I ought to. I, I, you know that I love you just as a friend. And so that we need to investigate and see, have we fallen out of love with Jesus? Authentic love is never self-seeking, but it is a giving love, it says in our a Bible verse. To love Jesus is to love what he loves. What does he love? He loves people. He loves people. <laughs> yeah, he does. I don't know why. I can't explain. That's the way love is, you know. When a little boy falls in love with a girl, you know, I ain't worth shooting. And about as bad as grandparents, maybe worse. You know, when you first become a grandparent, you ain't worth shooting. I, you know, I remember when my brother-in-law became a, a, a grandparent. That's all he could talk about. His grandparents, grandkids. And I thought, well, he's just gone crazy. He ain't worth shooting, as we would say, you know, just a... Just a saying, still love him. But you know what? When I got a grandson, they ain't worth shooting either. When he calls me and says, Poppy, I love you. Whew. Man, that gets to you. You get a hug from a four-year-old. Man, that's better than syrup on a biscuit for me that's what I love <laughs> love Jesus is to love what he loves he loves people he loves to love Jesus is to hate what he hates and he hates sin the death on the cross proves that God does not love sin that he hates sin and he was willing to settle the sin question settle your sin question once and for all because he hated sin and then to love Jesus is to do what he does to give to do what he does is that he gives he gives us love he says if you are my you are my friends if you do what I command you it's easy to say, well, I love Jesus. If you love Jesus, honk your horn. No. It's what you give. What you hate. Who you love. Jesus said in John 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his Oh, how I love Jesus. Easy to sing. How do we love Jesus? Now, that's another story. Years ago, I went into a Bible bookstore owned by a friend of ours. Became a friend. I went there so much. I got to be a friend. And um, 
I had these little precious moments figurines in there. And I, I saw one I wish I had always wanted to, I always wanted to buy. I regretted that I did not buy it. Because it was this little guy and he had his arms outstretched and on his chest said, I love you. I L-U-V you this much. Jesus loves you this much. Stretched upon a Roman cross, covered with his red royal blood and our sin, he says, I love you. And if you'll receive me, I'll make you part of the family. And I'll expect you to love me in return. That's all I ask. Let's stand. Pray, Lord, we thank you today that Jesus loves me. This I know. The Bible tells me so. And I've experienced your love for me. The peace that comes from being forgiven. The purpose that you give to me to live for you who died for me. Help us, Lord, today to fall in love with you again if we've fallen out of love. That you renew the zeal in our hearts for you. That we would love what you love. That we would love to come and meet with your people and worship you hand in hand, arm in arm. That we'd look out and see lost souls that need you that you love them in spite of who they are and that we would reach out with the gospel message. That we would dedicate our lives to holiness and separation from the world. That we might serve as lights in the world, salt on the earth. Forgive us, Lord, when we fail. Help us to renew our vows to you this day. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I've delivered to you today not a message, but I've delivered my soul. The altar is open if you would like to come. Renew your vows and your love to the Lord. Maybe you need to be saved. I'd be glad to take God's word and show you how. Maybe you need to follow the Lord in baptism. It's the first act of obedience. You come today. You need a church home. We invite you to come.